0: Hey folks, you guys know I'm always diving into the dark corners of history, unearthing the stories that are sure to chill. Mastering the art of storytelling and research isn't just a passion, it's a craft. That's why I turned to Masterclass. Whether I'm analyzing historical documents or piecing together ghostly tales, Masterclass has been an invaluable resource in honing my skills. Masterclass lets you learn from over 200 of the world's best minds right at your fingertips. And the best part is it's all available for just $10 a month with an annual membership. I've been particularly captivated by the class on investigative journalism taught by Pulitzer Prize winner Bob Woodward. His insights into uncovering the truth may have transformed the way I approach each episode here. What's incredible is that 88% of members feel that Masterclass has made a positive impact on their lives. And trust me, I'm one of them. The depth of knowledge and practical tips I've gained have boosted my confidence and enriched the content that I bring to you every week. As a listener of Haunted American History, you get an exclusive 15% off an annual membership. Just visit masterclass.com haunted. That's masterclass.com haunted to save 15% on limitless learning. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So what are you going to lose? Don't wait. Join me and start transforming your passions into expertise by visiting masterclass.com slash haunted. I'll see you there. Stay five. The end of it. Yes. And the bedpost was his own. The bed was his own. The room was his own. Best and happiest of all. The time before him was his own to make amends in. "'I will live in the past, the present, and the future,' Scrooge repeated as he scrambled out of bed. "'The spirits of all three shall strive within me. "'Oh, Jacob Marley, heaven and the Christmas time be praised for this. "'I say it on my knees, old Jacob, on my knees!' "'He was so fluttered and so glowing with his good intentions "'that his broken voice would scarcely answer to his call. "'He had been sobbing violently in his conflict with the spirit, "'and his face was wet with tears.' "'They are not torn down,' cried Scrooge, folding one of his bed curtains in his arms. "'They are not torn down, rings and all. They are here. I am here. The shadows of the things that would have been may be dispelled. They will be. I know they will.' His hands were busy with his garments, all the time, turning them inside out, putting them on upside down, tearing them, mislaying them, making them parties to every kind of extravagance.' I don't know what to do, cried Scrooge, laughing and crying in the same breath, and making a perfect loon of himself with his stockings. I am light as a feather. I am happy as an angel. I am as merry as a schoolboy. I am as giddy as a drunken man. A merry Christmas to everyone. A happy new year to all the world. Hello there. Whoop, hello. He had frisked into his sitting room, and he was now standing there, perfectly winded. "'There was the saucepan with the gruel in it!' cried Scrooge, "'starting off again and going round the fireplace. "'There's the door by which the ghost of Jacob Marley entered. "'There's the corner where the ghost of Christmas presents sat. "'There's the window where I saw all the wandering spirits. "'It's all right. It's all true. It all happened. (laughs) Ha ha ha!' "'Really? For a man who had been out of practice for so many years, "'it was a splendid laugh. A most illustrious laugh.' "'the father of a long, long line of brilliant laughs. "'I don't know what day of the month it is,' said Scrooge. "'I don't know how long I've been among the spirits. "'I don't know anything. I'm quite a baby. "'Never mind. I don't care. I'd rather be a baby. "'Hello! Whoop, whoop, hello there!' "'He was checked in his transports by the churches, "'ringing out the lustiest peals he had ever heard.' Clash! Clash! Hammer! Ding! Dong! Bell! Bell! Dong! Ding! Hammer! Clash! Crash! Oh, glorious, glorious! Running to the window, he opened it and put his head out. No fog, no mist. Clear, bright, jovial, stirring cold. Cold, piping for the blood to dance to. Gold in sunlight, heavenly sky. "'Sweet, fresh air, merry bells, oh, glorious, glorious!' "'What's today?' cried Scrooge, "'calling down to a boy in Sunday clothes, "'who perhaps had loitered in to look about him. "'Eh?' returned the boy with all his might of wonder. "'What's today, my fine fellow?' said Scrooge. "'Today,' replied the boy. "'Why, it's Christmas Day!' "'It's Christmas Day!' Scrooge said to himself. "'I haven't missed it. "'The spirits have done it all in one night!' "'They can do anything they can, the like. "'Of course they can. "'Of course they can.' "'Hello, my fine fellow!' "'Hello,' returned the boy. "'Do you know the poulterers in the next street but one, "'at the corner?' Scrooge inquired. "'I should hope I do,' replied the lad. "'An intelligent boy,' said Scrooge. "'A remarkable boy. "'Do you know whether they sold the turkey "'that was hanging up there? "'The prize turkey, not the little prize turkey, "'the big one.' "'What?' "'The one as big as me,' returned the boy.' What a delightful boy, said Scrooge. It's a pleasure to talk to him. Yes, my buck. It's hanging there now, replied the boy. It is, said Scrooge. Go and buy it. What, exclaimed the boy. No, no, said Scrooge. I am in earnest. Go and buy it and tell him to bring it here, and I may give them directions on where to take it. Come back with the man and I'll give you a shilling. Come back with him in less than five minutes and I'll give you half a crown. The boy was off like a shot. He must have had a steady hand at the trigger. He could have got a shot off half as fast. I'll send it to Bob Cratchit," Scrooge whispered to himself, rubbing his hands and splitting with a laugh. He shan't know who sends it. It's twice the size of Tiny Tim. Joe Miller never made such a joke as sending it to Bob's will be. The hand in which he wrote the address was not a steady one, but it he did, somehow, and went downstairs to open the street door, ready for the coming of the poulterer man. As he stood there waiting his arrival, the knocker caught his eye. "'I shall love it as long as I live,' cried Scrooge, patting it down with his hand. "'I scarcely ever looked at it before. "'What an honest expression it has on its face. "'It's a wonderful knocker. "'Here's the turkey. "'Hello! "'How are you? "'Merry Christmas!' "'It was a turkey. "'He could have never stood upon its legs, that bird. "'It would have snapped him short off in a minute, like sticks of sealing wax.' "'Why, it's impossible to carry that to Camden Town,' said Scrooge. "'You must have a cab.' The chuckle with which he said this, and the chuckle with which he paid for the turkey, and the chuckle with which he paid for the cab, and the chuckle with which he compensated the boy were only to be exceeded by the chuckle with which he sat down breathless in his chair again, and chuckled until he cried. Shaving was not an easy task, for his hand continued to shake very much, and shaving requires attention.' even when you don't dance while you're doing it. But if he had cut the end of his nose off, he would have put a piece of sticking plaster over it and been quite satisfied. He dressed himself in all of his best and at last got out into the street. The people by this time were pouring forth as he had seen them with the ghost of Christmas present. And walking with his hands behind him, Scrooge regarded everyone with a delighted smile. He looked so irresistibly pleasant in a word that three or four good-humored fellows said, Good morning, sir, a Merry Christmas to you. And Scrooge said often afterwards that, of all the blithe sounds he had ever heard, those were the blithest in his ears. He had not gone far when, coming on towards him, he beholded a portly gentleman who had walked into his counting house the day before and said, Scrooge and Marley's, I believe. It sent a pang across his heart to think this old gentleman would look upon him when they met, but he knew what path lay straight before him. And he took it. My dear sir, said Scrooge, quickening his pace and taking the old gentleman by both of his hands. How do you do? I hope you succeeded yesterday. It was very kind of you. A Merry Christmas to you, sir. Hey, folks. You guys know I'm always diving into the dark corners of history, unearthing the stories that are sure to chill. Mastering the art of storytelling and research isn't just a passion, it's a craft. That's why I turned to Masterclass. Whether I'm analyzing historical documents or piecing together ghostly tales, Masterclass has been an invaluable resource in honing my skills. Masterclass lets you learn from over 200 of the world's best minds right at your fingertips. And the best part is it's all available for just $10 a month with an annual membership. I've been particularly captivated by the class on investigative journalism taught by Pulitzer Prize winner Bob Woodward. His insights into uncovering the truth may have transformed the way I approach each episode here. What's incredible is that 88% of members feel that Masterclass has made a positive impact on their lives, and trust me, I'm one of them. The depth of knowledge and practical tips I've gained have boosted my confidence and enriched the content that I bring to you every week. As a listener of Haunted American History, you get an exclusive 15% off an annual membership. Just visit masterclass.com slash haunted. That's masterclass.com slash haunted to save 15% on limitless learning. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So what are you going to lose? Don't wait. Join me and start transforming your passions into expertise by visiting masterclass.com slash haunted. I'll see you there. Mr. Scrooge. Yes, said Scrooge. That is my name and I fear it may not be pleasant to you. Allow me to ask your pardon, and will you have the goodness? Scrooge here whispered in his ear. Lord bless me, cried the gentleman as if the breath were taken away. My dear Mr. Scrooge, are you serious? If you please, said Scrooge, not a less. A great many back payments are included in it, I assure you. Will you do me that favor? My dear sir, said the other, shaking hands with him. "'I don't know what to say to such merc—don't say anything, please,' retorted Scrooge. "'Come and see me. Will you come and see me?' "'I will!' cried the old gentleman, and it was clear that he meant to do it. "'Thank you,' said Scrooge. "'I am much obliged to you. I thank you fifty times. Bless you!' He went to church and walked about the streets, and watched the people hurrying to and fro, and patted the children on their heads, and questioned beggars, and looked down into the kitchens of houses and up into the windows— and found that everything could yield him pleasure. He had never dreamed that any walk, that anything could give him so much happiness. In the afternoon, he turned his steps towards his nephew's house. He passed the door a dozen times before he had the courage to go up and knock. But he made a dash and did it. Is your master at home, my dear? Scrooge said to the girl. Nice girl, Barry. Yes, sir. And where is he, my love? Said Scrooge. He's in the dining room, sir. Along with Mistress. I'll show you upstairs, if you please. Thank you. He knows me, said Scrooge, with his hand already on the dining room lock. I'll go in here, my dear. He turned it gently, and sliding his face around the door. They were looking at the table, which was spread out in a great array, for these young housekeepers are always nervous on such points, and they like to see that everything is right. Fred, said Scrooge dear heart alive how his niece by marriage started. Scrooge had forgotten, for the moment, about her sitting in the corner with the footstool, or he wouldn't have done it on any account. Why, bless my soul, cried Fred. Who's that? It's I, your Uncle Scrooge. I have come to dinner. Will you let me in, Fred? Let him in. It's a mercy he didn't shake his arm off. He was at home in five minutes. Nothing could be heartier. His niece looked just the same, and so did Topper when he came, so did the plump sister when she came, and so did everyone else when they came. Wonderful party, wonderful games, wonderful company, wonderful happiness. But he was early at the office the next morning. Oh, he was early there. If he could be there first and catch Bob Cratchit coming late, that was the thing he had set his heart upon. And he did it. Yes, he did. The clock struck nine, and no Bob. A quarter past, no Bob. He was a full eighteen and a half minutes behind his time. Scrooge sat with his door wide open, that he might see him come into the tank. His hat was off before he opened the door, his comforter too. He was on his stool in a jiffy, driving away with his pen, as if he was there trying to overtake nine o'clock. Hello growled Scrooge in his accustomed voice or as near as he can feign it. "'What do you mean by coming here at this time of day?' "'I'm i am very sorry, sir,' said Bob. "'I am behind my time.' "'You are?' repeated Scrooge. "'Yes, I think you are. Step this way, sir, if you please.' "'It's only once a year, sir,' pleaded Bob, approaching from the tank. "'It shall not be repeated. "'I was making rather merry yesterday, sir.' "'Now I'll tell you what, my friend,' said Scrooge. "'I'm not going to stand for this sort of thing any longer. "'And therefore,' he continued, leaping from his stool "'and giving Bob such a dig in the waistcoat "'that he staggered back into the tank again. "'And therefore I am about to raise your salary!' "'Bob trembled and got a little nearer to the ruler. "'He had a momentary idea of knocking Scrooge down with it, "'holding him and calling people in the court to help "'and for a straight waistcoat.' "'A merry Christmas, Bob,' said Scrooge, with the earnestness that could not be mistaken, and he clapped him on the back. "'A merrier Christmas, Bob, my good fellow, than I have ever given you for many a year. "'I will raise your salary and endeavor to assist your struggling family, "'and we will discuss your affairs this very afternoon over a Christmas bowl of smoking bishop, Bob. "'Make up the fires and buy another coal scuttle before you dot another eye, Bob Cratchit.' Scrooge was better than his word. He did it all, and infinitely more. And to Tiny Tim, who did not die, he was a second father. He became as good a friend, as good a master, and as good a man as the good old city knew, and any other good old city, town, or borough in the good old world. Some people laugh to see this alteration in them, but let them laugh. For he was wise enough to know that nothing ever happened on this globe for good at which some people did not have their fill of laughter in the outset, and knowing that such of these would be blind anyway, he thought it quite as well as they should wrinkle up their eyes and grins and have the malady in less attractive forms. His own heart laughed, and that was quite enough for him. He had no further intercourse with spirits, but lived upon the total abstinence principle ever afterwards and it would always be said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well if any man alive possessed the knowledge. May that be truly said of us, and all of us. And so, as Tiny Tim observed, God bless us, everyone. This has been A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Narrated by Christopher Feinstein. I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and a Happy New Year. Later, folks.